millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hi, gang. Welcome back to Welfare with me, Amy Lane, health editor, runner, and author of I Can Run. As social distancing is still in place to keep us safe and well, this season's run chats are sadly not recorded out on the road. I'm meeting runners virtually to explore their unique relationship with running and talk about how and when they caught the running bug, because for most, they didn't just wake up runners. And so this week, from my home, I've managed to get Amy Hughes to stop running for long enough to have a phone conversation For those of you who haven't yet met Amy, I think she's best described as an ultramarathon runner, an unstoppable ball of energy, and perhaps a little bit of a sadist. Because this week, she completed not one marathon, but multiple, as she ran for 26 hours straight on a treadmill to raise more than £12,000 for NHS charities. Let's talk to Amy about how running has brought her fitness fame, charity fortune, and plenty of blisters. Welcome to Welfare, Amy. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. I can't believe we've managed to record this because all you seem to do is run. (laughs) Oh my God, honestly, I've never been so happy to get off a treadmill. (laughs) I don't think I'll be running for a while now. (laughs) See, most of us say that when we've just like ran a 5k but you ran for 26 hours straight on a treadmill. I know. I was just listening to your introduction of me there and I was like, I'm definitely a sadist. She is so right. <laughs> Every single time I do one of these challenges, I, I'm halfway through and I always say to my family and my friends, I'm like, I'm never doing this again. Why do I put myself through this? And, and now they're just like, come on, we know you're lying. There'll be something else next. <laughs> and so you started on Sunday, for, um, am I right? And you ran through until Monday. And so you got on the treadmill and you just said, I'm going to keep running for 26 hours, see how far I get and just raise money. Basically, yeah. So I started at 10 o'clock Sunday morning and finished at 12 o'clock Monday. Yesterday? Was that yesterday? No. I don't even know what day it is anymore. <laughs> um, so yeah, it was all a bit um, of a last minute decision, really. So I think it was Tuesday, Monday or Tuesday last week. Um, obviously, a lot of people know about the London Marathon. It was supposed to be on Sunday and they were running a challenge 2.6, weren't they? So they're getting people that were supposed to be running the marathon to do something that involved the two and the six. And as you do on a Monday or Tuesday morning, I was just sitting on the sofa and I was like, right, I really want to do something. I want to get involved. I want to raise money for our NHS. What can I do? And then I thought, I don't know how or where the number 26 came from. I thought, you know, I'm going to try and run 26 hours on the treadmill to raise money. Um, And that's how it was born. Literally that day, I was like on the phone to people trying to find a treadmill. Um, And then, yeah, it just went from there, really. I I honestly, I still can't believe it. If I hadn't seen it, I'm not sure I would have believed that somebody could have that much mental grit to get on a treadmill for 26 hours. 
Oh, it is. It's so hard. I think as well, because obviously you're just stuck inside, obviously with lockdown, like I couldn't see anyone. So no one could come and visit me. I just staring at the same walls. Like it is, it's a hundred percent more mental than the actual physical, I think, especially like during the night. Cause I was doing quite, I don't I think you saw actually, I was doing quite a lot of lives throughout the day. I was doing like hourly updates and uh, people were just amazing. Like the support just snowballed and I was getting all these messages in and stuff. And that was really nice. And it's kind of really motivating me and keeping me going. And then I think my hardest bit was, I think between like 1am and 3am because it was just literally me my head just went and I was honestly I had so many wobbles I remember getting off like I had to stop and I said to my boyfriend I was like I just don't know if I can do this and he's like well you're literally not going to stop now are you come on you've got to finish this um so yeah I, I managed to push through and so how did it work were you running for a certain amount of time and then walking for a certain amount of time I mean when did you go for a wee and when did you eat <laughs> exactly so I obviously had to start um stop for toilet breaks and then I'd start to eat food but one of my friends is a nutritionist and she was a great help actually because um I started and there was no set plan of how many hours I was going to run for and then kind of like stop to eat food I just kind of take it as it came and I don't think I went for a toilet break I think I was running straight like the first thing was five or six hours um and I started to get a headache and that's when I was like right I need to be sipping on more water here I should be I should have probably gone to the toilet by now and then I think even halfway through I'd only actually gone for two toilet breaks so it's just so hard isn't it like obviously you're a runner so you probably I don't know if you find it quite difficult but I find it quite difficult to drink when I'm running so I was constantly having to run like my boyfriend kept like looking over at me like drink 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 so yeah there was no sort of set plan of like when I would stop um to eat it kind of I just gauge it of how I felt really and when you when you did stop to eat did you manage to eat anything because obviously that's quite tough isn't it when you're when you're running long distance your certain systems in your body start to like naturally just shut down go on hold so that your body can do the other functions yeah um I struggle with that anything like anything ultra distance I really struggle to eat like I when I did my last challenge I actually which was on treadmill <laughs> um I was really struggling to eat and I'd feel sick so I was it was a it was a matter of having to force food down me and it's almost like my taste buds go it go it, eating food it just feels weird and I started to get that actually on Sunday so it was a matter of just knowing that I'd have to eat uh, it actually worked out quite well so I'd, I was eating things like my boyfriend was making me pizza this sounds so unhealthy now but I was eating chicken dippers um, what else did I have rice so it was more just little and often because obviously I tried not to eat too much because I just knew getting back on the treadmill I'd feel really it'd feel really heavy and stodgy so yeah I did manage to eat and then obviously I had like next to me we had a little setup going on so I had like a little <laughs> table of snacks and, and water and stuff that was easy to reach so I could just keep trying to pick at stuff when I was running do you know what and um, you've just reminded me of when I ran London Marathon and I remember seeing somebody whip out a cheese sandwich from the front of their running pouch whilst doing the marathon and me thinking god that must be so hard to take on or just to eat because I just I just smash gels but I suppose it is each to their own and you just need to take calories on yeah exactly that's so funny you say that that's just reminded me of the first ever marathon I did I actually did it in LA we ran through like Chinatown and honestly if it's, that's the only ever marathon I've actually finished the run feeling more full than when I started I was completely <laughs> loving it I was honestly it was like the best thing ever I was just anything that anyone was offering I was just taking so there was like people offering prawn crackers pretzels people offering like little mini tacos <laughs> 
was it was basically like a running food fest. It was it was the best thing ever. Um, but I kind of learned a lesson. It didn't help me in time. So yeah, but that's funny. Also funny because I I I struggle with gels. They make me feel sick. So um, one thing that I I don't do it in a marathon, but like my boyfriend made me peanut butter and jam sandwiches. So I cut them into, up into really small sections. Um, so they're manageable, manageable to eat. So it can actually, I think it was sitting on my table for probably about four hours and I just kind of have a little square at a time. But I find like stuff like that really helps in jelly babies because um, I struggle with gels. I think obviously we've just mentioned the food, but where did you find the mental grit and determination to keep going, to keep running on? Because you've obviously said between one and three was really, really tough. So how did you dig so deep to keep going do you know what I just think I'm so stubborn <laughs> I'm, like, <laughs> like, I'm not letting this beat me <laughs> do, you know, do you know what um oh, that's a good question because I actually don't know I just think normally when I do stuff I always do it for charity and I think that that always overrules I was like when I have like downtime I'm like right Amy come on get a grip like obviously this time I was running for the NHS I was like ah uh, they are out there working and actually literally putting their lives at risk, really, aren't they? So I was like, I'm doing this for them. I'd already hit quite a, you know, substantial amount fundraising wise. I was like, I've raised all this money so far. I cannot stop now. It's funny. I almost have to have like a little word with myself <laughs> and sort myself out. And a physio helped me with my last challenge. Um, and he got in contact on Sunday and he was like, come on, just reset, refuel and refocus. Those three little words, really, really simple. But actually, um, when I had my first wobble, he sent me that message. And it kind of, it's almost just a bit of a, a reset switch. It kind of clicked me back into place. And I, I remember thinking that a lot between those hours of one and three when I was really struggling. I was like, right, come on, Amy, just have a second, take a minute, and get a grip and get your head back in the game. And then you were back. You were there just one foot in front of the other for hours and hours yeah there's obviously been quite a lot of people doing amazing challenges at the moment have you been following these other challenges like obviously everyone knows about captain tom i was just gonna say isn't he so cute um just incredible but yeah i've been seeing bits and bobs of stuff and then obviously there were so many people out doing stuff on sunday which is such a shame that i didn't really get to see what everyone was doing because obviously it was on the treadmill so i wasn't really scrolling through but I don't actually know if you saw any of my lives on Sunday. I was speaking to Bryony Gordon. She was actually supposed to be running the London Marathon and she was, she'd gone out and done two hours, six minutes, I think. And we were just chatting about how nice it is. It was, it was almost like, because you've run London Marathon, Amy, and it's, you don't really understand truly do you what it's like unless you've either been there supporting or you've run it. Like it is the most, it's just the best day ever. I think I absolutely love it. And it's just, it's like the whole city just comes together and it's just such a positive event. And like we were just chatting and we kind of felt like that was still happening on social media. It was really nice because you could kind of see everyone coming together and everyone supporting each other. So even though obviously we can't see people physically, that was actually really nice, I thought. Did you feel like you're then back in the crew again? Because I think every year it's amazing. Like you've just mentioned it, like every year between say January and the end of April, there does seem to be this kind of crew of people that are all in it together as part of the London Marathon. And whether that is runners or just like, or their supporters, it's almost like there is, you know, you you can't get through a conversation with like three people without somebody mentioning it. Yeah, 100%. Um, It's just a really nice sense of community, isn't it? And it's, uh, it's just everyone, Mm -hmm. it's, it's a nice how everyone comes together and, 
and supports each other no matter what time they run it in or you know if they're an elite runner or if they're a newbie everyone just kind of gets behind and it's yeah it's lovely so yeah I definitely felt that this weekend. So obviously this challenge is amazing and honestly I'm I'm still I'm still so bewildered by it or if I hadn't seen it honestly I'd have been like how did somebody do that <laughs> but it's not it's not your only challenge because running and fundraising seems to be in your blood so previously you've run 521 miles on a treadmill in a week and also 53 marathons in 53 days yeah do you know what it's so funny though I think I so I did 53 53 marathons was my first ever challenge um, like big challenge and that was in 2014 now but before that I'd never done anything on that scale and I've never I'd never done anything near that scale actually it all really stemmed from so it, I, I get asked a lot obviously was am I like have I always run did I compete and the answer is like no when I was at school honestly I, I absolutely hated sport like I was just not a natural I was just not natural in, in anything. I just, any literally now to this day, I cannot catch a ball to save my life. Like any team sport, I just wasn't really interested in at all. It was only when I went, I started college, I started noticing changes in my body, um, how I felt, my, I really, really lacked in confidence. And I wanted to do something to change that. But because I'd never been involved in any sport before, I had no clue what I was doing. Um, so running just that was the only thing that I thought right what can I do when no one else will see me I don't have to go to a gym um, I won't be embarrassed um so I just started running at like six o'clock in the morning just me I kind of go out for a little plod I think my first run was only actually half a mile and I was chuffed with myself and then it all kind of snowballed from there I started to get more and more into fitness but the reason that 53 was born I think was because I really wanted to do something on a massive scale to get other people involved and to inspire other people and especially girls and you know women because I think it's all too easy these days to look in magazines and see people on social media and a lot of the time obviously these photos and stuff are airbrushed and I really wanted to kind of raise awareness for sport and especially ultra running because I find that there's not that many younger ultra runners so yeah that's where it all kind of stemmed from so I actually wasn't naturally sporty at all and I wasn't you know I didn't compete or do anything like that I was just kind of a normal person who set out to do something crazy and managed to complete it (laughs) somehow (laughs) it's interesting that you you chose running because you wanted to get fit but you didn't want anyone to see you doing it yeah and do you know I do quite a lot of talks and stuff like that at schools and, and within businesses and I I remember the very first run I literally was wearing the most awful very inappropriate running outfit ever I had like this massive oversized gap hoodie um a pair of jeggings and a pair of sparkly gold velcro matalan shoes like I literally remember that outfit <laughs> so, <laughs> had no idea what I was doing um literally just put some clothes on, got up um, super early when no one else was about and then off I went. And it was so weird because I literally remember the feeling even now because I'd never done anything like that before, I mean, even half a mile. I remember running to this specific tree and then turning around and running back. And like I said, I'm not joking, it probably wasn't even half a mile, but it was that feeling of like accomplishment and like, oh my God, actually, I have a feeling of challenging myself and pushing myself out of the comfort zone. And then it just, it just went from there I remember falling in love with running from literally the very first day I went out and do you remember doing your first 5k or did you go from doing that run in your sparkly gold metalan shoes to getting some trainers and training for a marathon because I feel like you're zero to 100 
you, you actually literally hit the nail on the head there. My boyfriend says that. He's literally like, you are all or nothing. And I, I am so like that. And I did do that, actually, right? I was, I, and I remember someone saying, I think it was probably my, like my mum. My mum's so funny. She's not she was never into fitness either and, and for her she, she was just worried she thought like, she was like uh, the marathon would kill me she was like you can't run that I think she was saying well, why don't you just try a half marathon first um so I remember I did do that I did I didn't do any other races before I did a marathon I just jumped straight in but it was there was like a long time period between going on my first run and then entering a marathon but I do remember doing my first a 12 mile run because it was it was really weird I remember it feeling like a really big milestone for me because I was actually living in LA at the time and I went out and uh, I remember the, coming back and being like oh my god it was almost like a bit of a turning point where I just felt that was like my first run where I felt I could just run forever do, do you ever have that do you ever go on those runs where it's like so for me my big running milestone was when I realized I could run for more than an hour and I'd I just never thought I'd be able to to exercise for more than an hour and my nan had run the marathon with my aunties and I was actually training for a half marathon at this point I think and she was like if you can make it to the hour point if you can run for more than 60 minutes you will get through that half marathon and so I went out and um, during those days, I I didn't really give much thought to route planning or realize how important it is for your mind, really, when you're when you're training so that you don't get bored. And so I actually ended up going out and I just ended up lapping this field for an hour. And I went round and round and round and I got to like 48 minutes and I was like, I'm never going to do this. And then there was the voice of my nan in the background going, just get to an hour and then anything's possible. And I did it. And then since then, that's kind of always stuck with me. And then when marathon with marathon training, it was then getting to two hours and then three hours. And then I just knew that it was all going to be okay. Yeah, that's quite a nice way of looking at it, actually, isn't it? I like that. So yeah, it is It is funny though, isn't it? I was recently talking to somebody and it was like, you just have to build confidence through experience. So a lot of the time we don't feel confident about things because we just don't have the experience. And I think that comes with running. So as soon as you've been out there and you've done something a couple of times, no matter how fast or slow you've done it, you've got the experience in the bank. And so it gives you this confidence boost. Yeah, that is 100% true. I say that to people that are doing their first marathon or doing their second marathon. I'm like, if you, once you've done one marathon, you're mentally confident that you can do it again. So you know, you, you know, you've got, you've run, you can do that distance. So I think that always uh, makes the second marathon feel like a little bit easier because you've got confidence in yourself. It's like, it's when you go into the unknown, isn't it? You don't know what's going to happen. You don't know if, if you can get through it. But once you've done it once, it definitely gives you that confidence to do it again. And I, I think that's definitely helped me a lot. So I think when I was 53, it was it was really funny, actually, because anyone that I'd meet or whenever someone would say, but, oh, my God, you've got like 43 marathons to go. I think the way that I actually looked at that challenge, but I, I, I take things on quite positively. So for me, I'd never run 10 consecutive marathons in a row. So I would just say back, I'd be like, look, even if I had to quit now, even if I got injured or for whatever reason, I'd have to start. Like, I'm really proud that I've just run 10 consecutive marathons. <laughs> so I think that kind of helps me. I always tend to think of like what I have done rather than oh, think, oh my God, I've got this to do. I think that's helped me now with other challenges as well, because 53 was like my first ever big challenge. And 
like when I was on the treadmill, I was my friends were calling me and stuff on FaceTime, and they were like, "Well, at least it's not fifty three days, and at least it's not seven days on a treadmill." And and I think that mentally actually helped me on Sunday because I'm like, right, I've done I've done challenges for kind of fifty three days exactly. I've got this. I can I can I can hang on on this treadmill for twenty six hours. <laughs> Can we talk a little bit more about that for that 53 challenge? So where did the inspiration come from to run 53 marathons in 53 days? Because you went from just doing one to then that 53 challenge. Here's bringing back the uh, all or nothing, Amy. (laughs) So I obviously was really into my running and I really wanted to do something on a big scale to raise my fertility. And like I mentioned earlier, I really wanted to raise awareness and try and inspire people and especially young um, girls and women. So I was actually on holiday. I think I was on a plane. I I bought a book at the airport called 5050 and you probably know Dean Carnaz, Amy. Yes. So he is like literally my ultra running hero. I bought this book at the time. I didn't know, really know who he was. I'm not a massive bookworm, so I don't read a whole lot. But this book, oh my God, it was like, today, it was like my favourite book ever. I literally read it within about two days. So Dean, those that don't know, like Dean ran 50 marathons in 50 states in 50 consecutive days. And I was just really, really inspired by him. And I think the big thing that inspired me was the fact that he was trying to get people involved and people just come um, and join him and run with him. Um, So the book really inspired me. That's kind of where I got the idea from, really. I wanted to do something similar here in the UK at the time I was absolutely broke I was a student had no money so I was like right what can I do in a similar way here in the UK so I thought maybe I could run a marathon in each city in England so I'd worked out at the time that there was 51 was it 50 or 50 there's 50 or 51 major cities um in England alone so I thought right that's what I'll do I'll run 51 marathons in 51 days around the UK so I started planning it for so long I didn't even mention it to any of my friends or family because I just thought they'd laugh in my face because I'd obviously never even run more than one consecutive, two consecutive marathons. So yeah, it didn't say anything. It was kind of like planning it quietly. And I remember telling one of my best friends that I was in uni with about this challenge. And she just jumped on board. She was like, oh my God, I love it. You can do this. And um, so she started helping me plan it then started kind of reaching out to people. Uh, and then we started looking at what other people had done. And the world record at that time was 52 uh, consecutive marathons run by a male and 17 consecutive marathons run by a female. So she was like, oh, if, you, if you're going to do 51, you may as well try and make it to 53. So that's how the number 53 was born, really. Uh, so yeah, that's how it all started. And then the rest is history. And where did you start and where did you end? So I started in Chester uh, and it was really funny actually. So it was just me, my family, one of my friends uh, who's a runner came to join me and he ran the first marathon with me around Chester. And I remember finishing the run, starting the run, they all come to you know, support me and cheer me on. I, I remember thinking, I was, I was looking at them and they were like, I think they were just humouring me. I think they thought, right, we'll see you in about four days. Let's just, <laughs> so yeah, just that. It was one of the runner. Off we went, completed that one in Chester and then did a big loop of the UK. So went all the way out, did um, two in Scotland and then all the way around. So literally just lapped the country basically, went all the way down south and then came back up and finished in Manchester. But the support just absolutely snowballed. So like I said, there was one runner with me in Chester and then momentum just sort of, built and built and built and then people come to run with me and I think the biggest crowd I had was something like over a hundred runners and cyclists when I ran in my hometown in Oswestry um so yeah started in Chester finished in Manchester and uh, sport was incredible that's amazing and where did you sleep along the way so this it's so funny actually because 
this challenge was totally like it was on a complete budget so it was just me um my friends helping out so they'd come uh, take a turn so someone would drive for a week and then they'd cycle alongside me with like the food and the supplies and stuff like that I had no money like my friend at the time was a manager in Sainsbury's I remember him giving me a 150 pound gift card for food and then and then just when so I was the plan was to either see how many hotels we could get donated and then obviously we had I borrowed my auntie's camper van which was this clapped out camper van it's hilarious so yeah we'd sleep in there if we needed to but on day three I ran in Carlisle and my one of my friends from uni come to meet me and she came with her mum and her mum's like this larger than life person and she, as soon as she saw me she was like oh my god I know you're gonna do this she's like right I'm helping you and she was incredible she managed to get me a room donated at a hotel in each city that we were staying in every single night um a meal donated from a restaurant close to the hotel so she was just straight on it on the internet so we just stayed at d- different hotels Hilton's were great but yeah we stayed at some lovely places so in the end uh yeah we managed to get hotels which was amazing that is amazing though isn't it because it's just I think that just shows other people's kindness and support and I think that's what's amazing about running and fitness and challenges is that actually it can be that thing that we need to like connect and support each other sometimes in quite a disconnected world yeah definitely it was actually so nice it kind of really restores your faith in humanity so many people were just so generous like people would turn up because I was just putting on social media where I'd be starting from in the time every day and then people obviously that I don't even know would just turn up and bring food or bring like gifts I remember running in Bournemouth there was this amazing woman called Anna and she bought this massive box of like she'd made homemade cupcakes and there was all these like treats in the box and it's just so nice of what people were actually willing to do to help you and then it was I think I was in Bradford I received this email because we've got a camper van and we'd put all like a logo and writing all over the camper of what I was doing so someone obviously saw the camper outside their flat and they sent me an email saying we've just saw you we've just watched your camper van and googled and googled it um it's incredible we are with it they put like the flat number and said we're having a glass of wine if you'd like to come and join us and I was like it's just so nice um but yeah and I had a little snippet of that on Sunday like I was having so many messages from people um poor and just kind of and from NHS staff saying that they, how thankful they were of what I was doing and stuff. So, yeah, I think I love that. It's really nice. Welfare is in partnership with Yo Valley, who are based in Somerset and make products with all the goodness of organic British milk. Their kefir has got loads of active lactic cultures in there for maximum gut flora diversity. Its tangy, creamy taste makes it perfect to add to your morning porridge. Full of calcium and phosphorus, it can help support injury prevention and is available in natural, mango and passion fruit, blueberry and strawberry flavours. At only £1.50 for a 350 gram pot, you can find it in selected Tesco's, Sainsbury's, Waitrose or Morrison stores, as well as on Ocado. 150 gram single serve pots are also available. You can pick these up in Sainsbury's and Co-op. Now that we all know about kefir, Let's get back on with today's show. One of the things, though, on the flip side of that with challenges is that sometimes um, you do have to deal with other people's perhaps disbelief, which sometimes 
comes across as negativity um, when they say, oh my gosh, I'd never be able to do that. Or are you really going to be able to make it? And I think you touched on this, you know, five minutes ago or so. How do you deal with those kind of comments when you're signing up to something? Because it's something that a lot of women listening in experience as well. So they might have signed up for their first 5k or half marathon or marathon, say, and people around them, their honest reaction is disbelief. Yeah. And do you know, I think I touched on that earlier when I was talking about when I was planning 53 and obviously didn't want to tell anyone. That was honestly the hardest bit of the whole challenge. So that the hardest bit wasn't even the running or the start. The hardest bit, I think for me, was actually telling people what I was going to try and do because I knew that there'd be negativity with that. And I, I did find that out. I thought, you know, people were saying like, oh, she'll never do it and stuff like that. But I think, <laughs> I think people only say that because they think that they can't do it themselves so they're afraid to try something new but I think well, once you do it it actually shows other people oh my god like I can do this so the people that are actually probably the most negative they're probably the ones that you're most inspiring that when you go off and do this thing because then they're like oh actually if, if so-and-so can do that then maybe I can do it so I think I mentioned earlier about my mum so when I first started running and when I did my 53 challenge she was so worried about me and to her, that was like the complete unknown. And then she'd never ran before. And I actually inspired her and three of her friends to start running. So they used to like they set this little run club and they used to go three or four times a week. And then they signed up for a half marathon. And I think it was about four years ago, um, I ran a half marathon with my mum. And I think, she, how old was she at the time? 57. So she ran her very first half marathon at 57. Um, so it just goes to show like you can kind of do anything that you put your mind to um so I think it's, it's the same in life isn't it I think a lot of it stems from the unknown from the other person or jealousy and I know it's really hard but just try and kind of put that at the back of your mind and just focus on you and what you're doing if that makes sense it makes total sense one experience of that that you've definitely had to I suppose go through and maybe some people have seen it is when you'd when you did your treadmill challenge and you ran the 521 miles in a week and unfortunately it wasn't certified by Guinness World Records because your boyfriend was one of the witnesses. Yeah. That honestly that it was that was such a hard thing to go through. Not even the fact that it wasn't uh, verified because me and all my friends and everyone that was with me along the way and supported me knew that I did it like honestly if anyone saw me, they would have known. Like I was, I was, a, I was a wreck. I was white. I was just. I actually spoke to the physio. So the physio jumped on and did a live with me on Sunday, and he was there every morning and every night, and then in the day sometimes with me. And he he told me on Sunday he goes, I didn't even tell you at the time because I didn't want to worry you, and obviously I didn't tell you after. But he goes, when you finish that challenge. I told the Trafford Centre to make sure that the defib was the hand because I was that worried about you. Um, I was I was a mess. Um, so I think I got a lot of ne- negativity from the uh, from the actual running community, and I think actually it affected me a lot more than I even realised. So at the time, I can't remember what happened or what was said, but someone jumped on and it's created this whole thing of like I didn't do it. And I, I actually got really badly trolled by, and it was probably only a small group of people, um, but they were setting up 
like one person was setting up numerous accounts, but then I knew it was one person because they were sending me the same sort of messages from all these different accounts. And um, it actually got to the point where I had to get the police involved and I was a mess. I'd like lost so much weight. I, I couldn't eat. I was crying. It really, I'm quite a sensitive person anyway. So it really, really affected me. And I think on top of all that, the fact that I'd worked so hard, like it sounds dramatic, but I literally physically nearly killed myself to do that challenge. Like I was a wreck at the end of it. So that was actually really sad. And I think it held me back quite a lot. So I did that in 2016 and I've not done a whole lot since. And I think deep down, it's actually probably because of that. And my boyfriend now, he was saying on Sundays, like, I'm just worried about you getting any negativity from this. But I was like, you know what? I've held back for so long because of those people. Why should I do that? Like, I'm actually out there doing, trying to do something good and trying to raise money. Like, why should I let a small group of people affect what I'm doing and, and what I'm good at? But, but it is hard and, and it's almost like as well because it's such a small group of people. So I might get three negative comments, but on top of that, you're getting like 300 positive comments. But it's so frustrating that it's those three comments that actually stay in your head. But I don't think you're the only one that that happens to because it happens to me as well. I can have an amazing response on social media to something I put out or, you know, perhaps it's something that we write over at Women's Health in my day job. And then you will have one or two negative comments to do with something and your brain automatically focuses in or zones in on that but I think that's just often the same with running and training like you can go out and you could have two weeks of amazing runs and then suddenly one is really difficult and perhaps you know you have to stop or you go much slower and your brain just obsesses over that and you suddenly forget all all of the positives that have happened in the past 14 days yeah it's so true and I, but I think that's part of what makes you human as well isn't it so uh, that happens and I say that to people like even like now for me I, like, I'm the same I could I could go out one day and I could run 20 miles and feel absolutely amazing or I could go out the next day and run a mile and be just be like oh my god what's going on here like I just feel like I'm running through treacle so yeah I just think it's 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 normal to feel that way but sometimes yeah it's hard and I think as well the more you put yourself out there the more obviously exposed you are to this. And I, th- I think sadly with social media, you, you are open to more people and more negative comments. And, and it is sad, but I just think, unfortunately, the way I try and look at it is that the people that are actually probably sending these negative comments and, and being negative and, and the trolls, especially like they've obviously not got anything going on in their lives. There's obviously something going on with them for them to want to make somebody feel bad. Um, but when you're in it, it's, it is really hard to try and keep reminding yourself of that. Definitely. And um, one of the big things which I think is important for new runners is to understand that running is more than numbers. So whilst we all sh- can all strive for PBs and times and they can be really positive, that actually it's really important to see um, your achievement as bigger than those digits is that something which you think about when you take these big challenges on? Or for you, is it that you you are obsessed with times and numbers still? Oh, no, that's actually really um, funny that you've said that because I'm not really interested in numbers at all. So I don't really run for times. And I always, I tell people, when people ask for running advice, the first thing that I say is find your reason, like find your reason 
to run because I think it's all too easy for people to kind of start running and then get obsessed in times and then get really annoyed with themselves when they don't beat that time and then actually I think that sometimes sometimes people love that and they thrive off that and that's their thing and that's fine but I think sometimes people can actually start to fall out of love with running because they do that so I just think it's important to find your reason to run so someone might run because they do it once a week they meet their friend it's their chance to kind of escape from the house they go on a half an hour run they do the same distance and they do it at the same speed every week and that's fine someone might run because it clears their head so they need to run every morning to kind of reset and, and clear their head and they don't kind of go for time some people run because it just makes them feel better mentally some people run because they do want to beat the time but I think it's just important to find your reason so every single person will be running for a slightly different reason and I think if you're trying to veer off your reason like I do these big challenges really to kind of inspire people and get people involved and I think when I start to veer away from that I start to kind of fall out of love for running because that's not really my thing so I think actually if I started running for times now I mean maybe one day I will maybe that'll be my thing maybe I'll find a new focus but I think that's not my reason at the minute does that make sense (laughs) it does make sense let's quickly talk about how your body copes with doing such high mileage do you find that it struggles when you're really pushing it to the max or have you managed to come up with a kind of coping strategy so you can get it through these big ultra distances I think it depends what it is I think 53 I managed to find I got into quite a good routine of finishing the run and because I'd have more recovery time I think obviously recovery time really helps so I'd rest I'd have an ice bath or whatever a little bit physio and then sleep but when I'm doing stuff like when I did my treadmill challenge I was running for 20 hours a day and then only sleeping for literally three to four hours so my body just was not having time didn't have time to recover so I think every challenge is slightly different I don't think I found a way to kind of get through pain-free or and stuff like that but I just think I think it's learning what you're capable of as well, if that makes sense. Have you played dot to dot though with your blisters from this week's challenge? Because surely your feet are blistered. (laughs) Are you ready for this? You're going to be amazed. I don't have one (laughs) single blister. Do not ask me how that is even possible. I do not know because uh, I remember, well, about six miles in, not six miles in sorry six hours in I could feel my feet getting sore and I could feel my socks just feeling like absolutely drenched with sweat and I was like god the blisters are coming so I changed my socks at that point so I needed one sock change to change my socks and then from that like I've got sore feet and obviously I can feel where my toes have been kind of like digging into one another but I actually don't have a blister I can't believe it that's insane do you have like a go-to running sock that you always wear to help stop blisters I don't really have a go-to sock. The probably the one that I find the best at the minute are probably the Lululemon ones. I don't actually remember what brand they are, but I wore those. But then, yeah, and then they're the ones that I changed into on Sunday and then didn't have a blister after that. So, yeah, I don't have the secret. It's funny you should say that. I only run in them and they're called the Speed Socks, I believe, and they've got silver in it to wick away the sweat. And I've ran two marathons in them and never had any blisters. So there you go. Oh, the Speed Sock. Yeah, they're a dream. I think it's called the speed sock. Um, oh, I'm so sad I'm gonna have to start to wrap this up. Obviously, your what you've done is so inspiring to other women. And I think you've shown that when you put your mind to something and you give your body the tools to commit, that you can get through it. So for everyone that's listening in, what's the one piece of advice you would give them if they're sat at home saying, I really want to do a challenge, but I just can't run that far? So I would say 
don't think about the end result. Like don't set yourself a major challenge. Just literally set yourself little goals every day. So your goal for today, if you're listening to this and you've never run before or you kind of lose the motivation, is just put your shoes on. Just get up, put your shoes on um, and run around the block. It's amazing how you'll feel just by moving. So don't try and think about creating some sort of big challenge or end result. Just take it step by step. I think that's what I did when I actually set out running. A lot of time I'd just leave my house and kind of not think about, all right, today I'm going to do this amount of miles. Like, like I said, when I did my first run, it was just, the, I think the biggest hurdle um, in anything that you do is just starting. I think a lot of the time something can seem really scary when actual, in actual fact it's not. Like you don't have to go out and buy all expensive kit. You don't have to be an experienced running, a runner straight off. Just literally making that first step is probably the hardest bit. So once you put your shoes on and you've got out and you've just run, or you can even just run, walk, just run, walk. But yeah, just just start, just do something, no matter how small. Amazing. And what about for the guys who are listening in, who are actually going to be training for London Marathon in October now, what's your marathon tip for them? Oh, do you know what? I think actually now as well, because I don't know about you, Amy, but I really struggle training in winter. So obviously London Marathon, you have to do a lot of training, dark nights, dark mornings. So I definitely say as well, make the most of this. Like you're going to be training when we've got longer days now. So actually it'd be quite nice that you can get out and, and go running when it's light. Find what works for you in training. So I think a lot of the time as well, like there's so much good advice out there, of course there is. But I think when I actually first started training for my first marathon, I think I used to read into things too much and try and take on all this information and then feel a bit overwhelmed by it all because there's so much stuff out there and a lot of people are saying conflicting things. And I think with marathon training, I think a lot of it is actually just finding what works for you. So a bit like what I mentioned earlier about kind of finding your reason, like your why, why you run. I just think like... It's, you've got loads of time now to experiment with different foods. Like for me, I normally have either um, a little bit of porridge or peanut butter and jam on toast before I do my marathon. I know people that literally run a marathon on a smoothie and that's it. So I just think maybe actually rather than just trying to listen to all these things and take all these things on board, just experiment with stuff. So just find what works for you in terms of food, um, get out running whenever works best for you, obviously around work. So some people prefer to run in the morning, some people prefer to run at night. Um, so yeah, just have a little play with it and try not to be too hard on yourself if you don't get hours and hours of training in. Like three to four days a week of running should set you up nicely for a marathon. So yeah, good luck, everybody. You've got this. <laughs> I think that's so true. I stressed in my first marathon so much about what other people were doing. And then when it came to running the second one, I was like, right, actually what can I do and how can I fit this marathon around my life rather than my life around the marathon and then I found a training plan that worked for that and for me I did actually do a lot of run commuting because I didn't have enough time in my week to do everything else and then go to work come home and then go out and do another run session so for me it was like if I needed to get my runs in I was run commuting whereas others you know they don't do that so totally agree like find your own journey and just stick stick to it (laughs) 
And, and I think as well, like, I think it's really important to try and enjoy your journey. Like, this is a massive thing that you're going to be doing. Like, somebody sent me something actually after doing my run on Sunday about the percentage of people that have actually run a marathon. And it's like tiny. It's like naught point something mm. of the population have run a marathon. And then the ultra runners, like, again, it's even smaller. So you're actually doing an incredible thing, which most people, a lot of people can't do. So try and enjoy it. Like, embrace it. Enjoy your runs. Just make sure it fits into kind of what you're doing. And yeah, enjoy the journey. I think actually a lot of time, the London Marathon, the journey, the fundraising is actually the hard bit. The marathon on the day is actually almost like the icing on the cake. Like, oh, I've put all this hard work in and I've worked for so long. Like the London Marathon is like the glory lap, really. <laughs> I was about to say that the London Marathon week is your week of like the lowest mileage in like the latter half of your plan and so actually you should be going into it feeling quite good and knowing that you're running a lot less miles in a week than you used to and you've been used to so enjoy it and you've just mentioned about donating I know obviously you did your challenge earlier on this week but you've mentioned that your donation page is going to stay open so would you just share the details of that Amy so that people who are listening in can pop over there and hopefully chuck some pounds into the NHS charity cause pot. Oh, thank you. Yeah, of course. So um, my donation link is actually in my bios for all of my social media channels. So Instagram, Twitter and Facebook. It's probably a bit easier to find it on Instagram. Um, So it'll be at Amy Hughes 53. Yeah, obviously, guys, any donations would be greatly appreciated. I think we can all agree on the fact that uh, NHS staff are out there doing absolutely amazing things for us at the minute. So, yeah, the more money we can raise for them, the better. Amazing. And I'll make sure I put it in the show notes. What an amazing chat that's been, Amy. Thank you so much for coming on. And thank you for being a constant inspiration to us all. I hope you're now going to have a a bit more of a chilled out rest of the week and let your legs recover before no doubt planning another challenge. (laughs) Oh, thank you so much, Amy. Honestly, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. Amazing. Um, And thanks to everyone listening in. As always, I love seeing all of your running journeys um i love seeing all your posts using hashtag welfare on instagram keep doing it i'm basically living my running life through you at the moment because as i get more and more pregnant i can't go very far or very fast so keep doing it i love it and i will see you guys here next week Okay, guys, you've heard this a million times, but please, please, please do rate, review and subscribe to this show if you liked it. It really does help other runners in need of some help find the show and join our community too. Don't forget to use hashtag welfare on all your IG posts because I love seeing them, especially when I can't be bothered to run. It gives me that motivation I need. Until next week.